I'm Bill Corbett, author of the book Love, Limits, and Lessons, A Parent's Guide to Raising Cooperative Kids. And I've spent over 25 years working with parents and teachers with children with challenging behaviors. One of those challenging behaviors really drove me crazy until I figured out what to do about it. So how would you like some solutions to help you deal with your kids' messy room and too many toys? In order for this to happen, I first need to get you to consider the fact that children don't naturally understand the importance of being organized and structured. They have to learn this over time, some of it from the adults caring for them and a whole lot more organically on their own. It takes time for them to develop this skill and it takes lots of patience on the part of the adults caring for them. One day I had had it with my daughter's messy room. I couldn't stand walking by the doorway to her room every day seeing all of the chaos. As I did, I remembered how my parents forced me to clean my room, and I hated that they did that. I was punished for the messy room, and all I thought about was how much I hated my parents. There was no moment where I was thinking about, gosh, you're right, Mom and Dad. I've got to do a better job cleaning up my room. So I felt like the condition of my room was more important than our relationship. So I knew I didn't want to become my parents and start yelling at my daughter. One of my family members used to go into their child's room when she was at school and box up all of her things, leaving her with an empty room. She would then get them all back after a two-week span of time. I didn't think very much about that technique, and I didn't want to do that either. So I waited for a moment when I felt like I could remain calm, and when my daughter seemed like she was open to learning, or at least listening to me, I got her to sit at the table with me, and I used the old... I feel blank when blank communication technique that we used to use at the office. I said, honey, I feel really stressed out whenever I have to look into your room and see all of the mess. What could you do to help me with this problem? I was totally amazed when she said, I'll keep my door closed. Now, that didn't really solve the messy room problem, but it did solve my feeling stress about the problem, so I accepted it. The solution she offered wasn't ideal, but I was okay with it. It was a good start because I was a firm believer that her room belonged to her and not to me as the father. Some parents demand that all their kids' bedroom doors remain open so they can monitor what's going on, but I never had to worry about that. We had already established house rules that no food or entertainment electronics were allowed in the bedrooms, including cell phones tablets, and laptops, the things that I needed to manage. After we implemented the new, the door is kept closed when it's messy rule, there were obviously times when I saw that it was open and the room wasn't cleaned up. So I would use the one word reminder rule when I saw it. I would say, door. Now my daughter would huff and puff and growl and sometimes even blurt out, oh my gosh, dad, this is so stupid. She would then go close her door. While we're on this reminder technique, I urge all parents to talk less when the need to remind arises. So instead of saying, Jason, how many times do I have to tell you to go hang up your jacket? There are children in foreign countries who would love to have a jacket as nice as yours, and look how you abuse yours and leave it laying around for others to step on. 
I had to add that kids in foreign countries thing as a reminder of how we tend to guilt our kids into doing some things, but you don't do that, do you? Anyway, instead of yelling at Jason to hang his jacket up, I tell parents to use one word, jacket. If they've left their book bag laying in the middle of the room, calmly say, Jason, book bag. When I started using this one-word techniques, my kids would mimic me and repeat what I had said, but in a sassy tone, of course. I ignored it, and they put the book bag away. But if you make an issue of the sassiness, they're going to love it because it affected you, and it made them feel powerful in the moment over you. If your kids do it to you, just ignore it. Don't give the response any value. If you listened to episode 15, I featured an excerpt from a live workshop with a room full of parents and teachers who were eager to learn how to manage challenging behaviors. I was delivering my 10 irrefutable facts about kids workshop, and in that episode segment, the topic was the challenge of transitioning children quicker and easier, that kids have no time management skills. What you're about to hear is the second excerpt from that recording and the second irrefutable fact. It's that kids are messy and disorganized, and forcing them or punishing them will not help them develop that skill any quicker. It will only destroy your relationship with them. Here's number two. They don't care about cleanliness or orderliness. I don't care how much you bludgeon them to clean their room, they're not going to get it. They have to adapt that principle of orderliness on their own in a natural way. Here's where we have a problem as a parent. What did our parents do? You get in there and you clean that room or I'll clean it for you, right? And you're going to come home after school? The trash bags came out. Yeah, trash bags came out, right. Your room is going to be spotless. So spotless, I'm selling all of your toys and your furniture and you're going to sleep on the floor. Here's the problem we have. Stuck in our head is our parent voice, all the things our parents said and did to us. And now we look at our role as a parent or a teacher and we go, we're so stuck because it's, it's a conflict. Inside of us, we've got what our parents did and now we know we can't do a lot of this stuff. So we don't know what to do instead. And it also feels uncomfortable. Our father dragged us by our ear into our room and to force us to clean our room. We know we can't do that. We shouldn't do that. That's not common practice today or acceptable. And so inside of us is that conflict. It's so uncomfortable to do something we're not used to. We basically have to become parents we have never seen, a lot of us. In our mind, ego is trying to recreate what your parents did, and we can't do it. So, let's talk about this. They don't care about cleanliness or orliness. Instead, when it comes to the rooms, I encourage parents to control what goes in the room rather than controlling the makeup of the room. For example, if you set up rules that no food is allowed to go in the room, if you have a teenager, they're now accountable for doing their own laundry. See, if you change the principles around the room, then it makes handling the room much easier. For example, uh, my wife and I, we still have a 13-year-old at home. We don't tell her to clean her room. She cleans it on her own. And she probably cleans it once a week when she can't handle it anymore. And she usually cleans it somewhere between the hours of 9 p.m. and midnight. We hear crashing and banging going on in the room. She emerges with a big pile of laundry and goes down to the laundry room. When she was about 11 years old, my wife decided she had had it with controlling 
her laundry, you know, because she, what would happen is she would come out and blame her for not having anything clean to wear. So we changed that by turning the responsibility over to her for doing her own laundry. You should not have electronics in bedrooms, like no televisions, no Nintendos, no laptops, no iPods, okay? I'm seeing some strange eyes here. I'm, I'm, simply, I'm simply giving you my a professional opinion based on research. I don't care how old the child is, they should not be unattended with the internet in their bedroom. They should not have televisions in their bedroom because the bedroom is designed to be a refuge where a child can go to calm down and to get to a point of peacefulness and calmness. And if you don't create that for your children, it's going to be very difficult for your children to ever be calm. And I know some people put the TV in the bedroom because it calms their child. They think that's going to calm the child down. There's too much risk on TV and the internet to be allowing you to do that. So if you're not allowing a TV or an internet device to be in the bedroom, you're not allowing food to be in there, then why, why can't they just live in their mess? Some children will purposely make their room messy just to make you mad because they know you're going to come running in there and you're going to fight the battle with them. And it's their way to get even with you. Don't force them. You forcing them is not going to have them go, oh, yes, now I know how to clean my room. This is how I like it. It's not going to work. Yes. I have a daughter who's 17 to 16. The room is like a tornado. Hit it 10 times. I can't stand it. Why? Why can't you stand it? I just want to make sure everybody heard you. You have a 16-year-old, almost 17. It looks like a tornado hit, and you can't stand it. I end up cleaning about once every six months and once every month. I clean. Okay. I can't stand it. Why can't you stand it? I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I understand that. Why don't you like that? I can't stand it being that way. Great. I'm trying to get to the center of it. Why? I wasn't taught that way. Ah! You weren't taught that way. And that comes back to the conflict with how we were raised and how we're raising our children. I'm telling you, you will live longer. Your relationship will be stronger with her if you don't fight that fight. And, and, and what I encourage you to do is you just ask her to keep the door closed. Now, you can't, there's some things you can do. Now, you have to make sure that there's no food going in there. There's no electronic devices going in there. She's accountable for doing her own laundry. All right. Okay, good, good. So if she wants to have friends over, now you can say, I'm not willing to cooperate and let you have friends over with your room looking that way. When you clean it up, then we can talk about you having friends over. But I'm telling you, that's her space. I know you pay the mortgage. That's great. We all do that. But it's her space. I encourage you to let her know that it's her space and it's her place to take care of that. Kids here, um, to myself and to some of the staff, you have to pick your battles. You know, pick and choose. If the room is a mess, but she's doing well in school, she's got a good group of friends, she's got a part-time job, she's doing her own laundry, it's okay if the room is dirty. She's she's so right. You know what? <laughs> you can be you can you can be dad of the year if you agree to go home and you get her attention and what's her what's her name? What's her first name? Selena. Selena? Say Selena, I've had a long 
long thought about this and I've decided your room belongs to you. And I'm not going to say anything. If you want to live in a messy room, that's all up to you. And, and just walk away. Okay? That's her space. And even though you pay the mortgage for that room, it's hers. Because there's a whole lot of other stuff you should be focusing on rather than the condition of her room. Just my advice. You know what? You can leave here and not do anything about what I tell you. It's just my opinion. Back to the point of number two, don't force them to clean their rooms and relax over the issue. Number two, if they have too many things, why are you allowing them to have too many things? Maybe it's time to start thinning things out. Now, I told you that you can control what goes in the room. So if your child's room is full of toys, why are there toys in the bedroom? In fact, that's if you can, the playroom should be a separate room and not their bedroom. You want the bedroom to be designed to have as few things in there as possible, as few visual and noise distractions, because it becomes a refuge for them to go to to be by themselves. We're watching our 13-year-old. when She goes in a room, closes the door, and you know what she's usually doing? Drawing pictures and writing. Our 13-year-old. You also have to understand our 13-year-old is not allowed on Facebook, nor is she allowed on YouTube, and she doesn't watch television. And all her friends are. The choice that she doesn't watch television? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Because we narrowed it to one hour a day, after a while she said, well, what's the use? There's not even enough time to watch anything. Because our rule was how long she could watch TV, and, and that's what we controlled. The third point is exert more control over what goes into their room and less on what they're doing about their room. Yes? What about, um, like, in my situation, I don't have the space. We have a small itty-bitty. I have two girls, um, they're 8 and almost 15, and they share a room. And the little one, I mean, I have their toys in there, they have a TV, but then the computer's out in the open area. So I get, you know, I control that and I control how much time they use on the computer. But the problem I have with my little one is her toys. She plays with them and she sets up like villages with her pet shops and everything, but then just leaves them there and doesn't pick up. And that's the struggle that I have with, like, and my, my husband will say to me, he'll look at this and he'll say, she has too many toys. She has too many pet shops. Thin them out. So why shouldn't she thin them out? Because she plays with them all. Okay, and I understand we have small, a lot of us live in small spaces. We have apartments. We don't have the luxury. Is there any way that you could re rethink your setup of your small apartment? Is there a, a, a zone you could create? We can get little barriers to set up a pet shop area, even if it's in the dining room. You know what? It wouldn't be the ideal dream situation for you, but right now, you're raising kids. Yeah. One day, one day, that's what I say, one day we'll have the opportunity to have our home set up the way we want for us personally but you're raising children so sometimes we need to rethink about the use of our space in our home so could you cordon off a small area of the living room or the dining room with little dividers that would be her pet shop space okay just think about that and consider that let's go over a few helpful tips related to disorganized habits with our kids and how to help them transition first of all their bedroom belongs to them not to you Allow them to have that place they can go to for privacy and safety. Next, allow them to set that bedroom up to their liking. 
you set up boundaries as far as what can be in there and how much money can be spent on setting it up. Spend time controlling what goes in that bedroom, not the organization of that room. Use one word to remind your kids of rules or agreements instead of talking too much, which will get you ignored. Consider creating a playroom where all toys will go and where playtime occurs. If you don't have a separate room, partition off a section of the living room or a dining room or the basement for toys and for playtime. Avoid using the bedroom. If it's important to you to have an area cleaned up and organized, make a game out of it. I used to bring on my TV announcer voice and challenge my kids to a race to see who could pick up more toys than me. Hire a personal organizer to help you establish better organization with their toys. Look for organization ideas on Pinterest or ask other parents what they found that worked for them. If your kids have too many toys, put some away out of their reach. It'll be like Christmas all over again when you take some down from the attic or the storage in the garage after a few weeks without those toys. Tell them that you only have space for two or three toys and the rest have to be put away out of reach or even donated. Let them choose which ones will be donated. Put all their toys out of their reach and make a rule that only one toy can be out at a time. If they want to change toys, then all of the parts and pieces of the current toy has to be picked up, stored, to get the next toy out for play. If you have questions that I can answer for you, I hope you'll consider joining my Raising an Independent Child Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you and help you implement some of these ideas. But let me caution you, don't try to implement everything you learn in this podcast all at once. It could overwhelm you. Pick just one or two tips at a time and do them over and over. Then replay the episodes at a later time to learn more. Thanks again for listening, and please consider sharing or subscribing to this podcast. All information in this podcast is the property of Bill Corbett and Cooperative Kids Publishing. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.